0: Chapter 10 of Good Stories for Great Birthdays. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. Good Stories for Great Birthdays by Francis Jenkins Olcott. Section 10. January 17th. Benjamin Franklin, The American Socrates we have reason to be thankful he was so long spared that the most useful life should be the longest also that it was protracted so far beyond the ordinary span allotted to man as to avail us of his wisdom in the establishment of our own freedom thomas jefferson our country dr benjamin franklin to general george washington i must soon quit the scene but you may live to see our country flourish as it will amazingly and rapidly after the war is over, like a field of young Indian corn, which long fair weather and sunshine had enfeebled and discolored, and which in that weak state, by a thundergust of violent wind, hail, and rain, seemed to be threatened with absolute destruction. Yet the storm being passed, it recovers fresh verdure, shoots up with double vigour, and delights the eye, not of its owner only, but of every observing traveller. March fifth, seventeen eighty. Benjamin Franklin was born in Boston, January seventeenth, seventeen hundred six. Went to Philadelphia, seventeen twenty three. Through his diplomacy, France was persuaded to recognize the United States by treaty, February sixth, seventeen seventy eight. He signed the Constitution of the United States, seventeen eighty seven. He died in Philadelphia, April seventeenth, seventeen ninety. The whistle told by franklin himself when i was a child of seven years old my friends on a holiday filled my pocket with coppers i went directly to a shop where they sold toys for children and being charmed with the sound of a whistle that i met by the way in the hands of another boy i voluntarily offered and gave all my money for one i then came home and went whistling all over the house much pleased with my whistle but disturbing all the family. My brothers and sisters and cousins, understanding the bargain I had made, told me I had given four times as much for it as it was worth, put me in mind what good things I might have bought with the rest of the money, and laughed at me so much for my folly that I cried with vexation, and the reflection gave me more chagrin than the whistle gave me pleasure. This, however, was afterwards of use to me, the impression continuing on my mind so that often when i was tempted to buy some unnecessary thing i said to myself don't give too much for the whistle and i saved my money as i grew up came into the world and observed the actions of men i thought i met with many very many who gave too much for the whistle from the whistle the candle-maker's boy benjamin franklin when a boy used to work in his father's shop at the sign of the blue ball his father was a tallow chandler and made soap and candles the boy got up early cut wicks for candles filled moulds with tallow ran errands and tended shop though he worked hard and honestly his heart was not in his work he wanted to go to sea his elder brother a sailor had come home and he told the most thrilling tales of his adventures so Benjamin Franklin could not get the sea out of his mind. He grew to detest the trade of tallow Chandler, and hankered more and more for the sea. His father, wishing him to give up thoughts of a roving life, took him to talk with joiners, bricklayers, turners, and other workmen, and to watch them at work. But none of their trades appealed to the boy. His place was at home his father urged, adding, "'Seest thou a man diligent in his calling, he shall stand before kings.' he shall not stand before mean men the boy of the printing press but benjamin franklin did not run away to sea. he became a printer's boy because he liked books he was apprenticed to his brother james who had set up a printing press in boston to james's house he went taking with him his collection of precious volumes there he worked hard by day and read and studied at night recollecting his father's favorite proverb seest thou a man diligent in his calling he shall stand before kings franklin saved his money and worked early and late when james began to issue a newspaper franklin helped him print it and delivered copies to customers he wrote articles and slipped them under the printing-house door and james published them without knowing who was their author later franklin wrote clever audacious and humorous articles on the questions of the day which were widely read and much talked about. So things continued until he was seventeen years old, when he ran away, but not to see. He and his brother quarreled often. Benjamin the apprentice was saucy and provoking, and James the master was hot-tempered and beat his younger brother severely. After a particularly bad quarrel, Franklin sold some of his books and took passage on a sloop bound for New York. Arriving at New York, he found no employment there, and went on to Philadelphia. THE THREE ROLLS Early in the morning of an October day, young Benjamin Franklin, seventeen years old and seeking his fortune, reached Philadelphia. He was tired and hungry, and had only a dollar of his little fun left. He stopped at a baker's and bought three big puffy rolls. He put a roll under each arm, and munching the third, walked along Market Street. In the doorway of a house stood a young girl. She saw the awkward, handsome boy, trudging past hungrily, eating a big roll. She laughed to herself. She thought it funny to see him with his broad-brimmed hat, knee-breeches and buckled shoes all shabby and dusty, and his great pockets stuffed with stockings and shirts. So she laughed to herself, did Deborah read, and little she knew that in a few years she would become that boy's wife. But so it happened young benjamin franklin found work in a printer's shop he came to lodge at deborah reed's home in a few years he owned his own printing press he married deborah reed he became a well-known printer he issued an influential newspaper and published poor richard's almanac he was industrious studious thrifty and prosperous in time he became the most famous and learned citizen of pennsylvania and a great american patriot standing before kings when the american colonies rose against the exactions of england benjamin franklin was called upon to serve his country as a diplomat in france and england my father wrote franklin having among his instructions to me when a boy frequently repeated a proverb of solomon seest thou a man diligent in his calling he shall stand before kings he shall not stand before mean men I, from thence, considered industry as a means of obtaining wealth and distinction, which encouraged me, though I did not think that I should ever literally stand before kings, which, however, has since happened, for I have stood before five, and even had the honor of sitting down with one, the king of Denmark, to dinner. The Wonderful Kite Experiment In Benjamin Franklin's time there were no electric trains, no telegraphs, telephones radiographs and radiophones the driving and lighting power of electricity was not understood people did not know that lightning was due to the presence of electricity in nature benjamin franklin who was keen and inquisitive made scientific experiments with the leyden jar and with simple machines which produced electricity by friction he discovered that in certain ways the action of electricity and lightning was the same and he observed that electric fluid might be conducted along a pack string so he determined to prove that electricity and lightning were the same by drawing lightning down from the clouds along a pack string he used a silk kite with a sharp pointed wire fastened to its framework and a silk ribbon tied to the end of the kite string holding a metal key in place he secretly flew the kite during a june thunderstorm and as he saw the kite strings stiffen in a strange way he eagerly laid his hand against the key instantly he felt a shock of electricity pass through him he had made one of the most important discoveries of all ages his discovery was soon known throughout the world men made other experiments and in time invented the wonderful electrical machines and devices which we enjoy today the rising sun when the federal constitutional convention met at philadelphia general washington was unanimously made president of the convention he took the chair with diffidence he assured the members that he was not used to such a situation that he was embarrassed and he hoped that they would excuse his errors and in what masterly fashion he conducted the convention history shows behind his chair was painted a picture of the sun after the debates were over and the constitution was adopted benjamin franklin who had just signed the immortal document turned to some of the members he drew their attention to the sun behind general washington's chair i have often and often said franklin in the course of the session and the vicissitudes of my hopes and fears as to its issue looked at that behind the president without being able to tell whether it was rising or setting. But now at length I have the happiness to know that it is a rising and not a setting sun. To My Friend From Franklin's Will and Testament My fine crabtree walking stick with a gold head curiously wrought in the form of the cap of liberty I give to my friend and the friend of mankind, General Washington. If it were a scepter, he has merited it, and would become it. Benjamin Franklin End of chapter 10